2: And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. People
3: of very attention. Calling Tau City, turn on your radio. I know we had some words last time, but that was so long ago. I got your message. It was a little harsh, you know. It's still a little hard for me to hear. Please take it slow. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders network. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. I'm tuning in to transmissions. I'm waiting to be found.
2: This is the Starship Sova. Everybody welcome. Hello and welcome to show 651. I am your host, Tony C Smith. Hello everyone. Welcome to, yes, we are in full lockdown now. Apparently I've just found out last night Reed, who goes to is now at university, has been told university's cancelled until mid February now, so oh just deary me. Thank God we can just push out some fiction and just Try and keep saying in these strange, crazy times. We have a cracking story for you. The Radiant Web by Mia Moss, which is an original to Starship Sova. That's coming in today's show. I do hope you will stick around and enjoy it. So I think the last time I got to Newcastle, I, I always go to like the bookshop, the bookshop. I think it's a Waterstones. It used to be a Dylan's, but it's now a Waterstones bookshop, and it's a, like a, a I think it's a four story bookshop there and right in the bottom is on the bottom floor is the it took away is the the science fiction and fantasy and crime and all that and I was just you know because I am an audible like listener so I kind of go there for inspiration where I can you know go back and and see and right in the middle was this mammoth thick book to sleep in a sea of stars by Christopher? Pa- I think it's Palolini. and I just looked at it and I thought, you know, that's something I would just like to get into. But I'm, I'm a little bit like short story, and I don't know, I don't know. But I, I, I had a few credits on the Audible, and I was grabbed by the picture and the, like the lead blurb of it. You know what I mean? Just like a, a, a I can't say a routine. Mission to check out a planet, you know, like a, a survey team, a young kind of xenobiologist there. Something happens. So I was going, kind of, man, I love it. I absolutely love it. When I got the home and I, like, I think I downloaded it as I was walking out of the shop, I think it's about 33 hours of story. And it's just straight away... It just gets you. Woof, you know what I mean? But what I love about it, and like I say, I've never read anything of Christopher Palanini he's been, because I think the tagline is you've rode on the back of dragons, now, you know, ride on, float on the sea of stars, something something like that, because he's been like a fantasy writer. And I think he was just a, a kid when he wrote his first one. But it, it's it's like a, just a, a lovely... It's massive, massive. You know what I mean? But it it's it feels almost like so personal. It's just a very linear story, and he's broken it up. You know, chapters. This you we know number one, number two chapter, and it all. You, I mean, I guess that's there to help the writer, but you think. In other words, you know, it would go off, and it would like—I I, know—Clive Barger was great at that. Or, or that was frustrating with me with Clive Barger, where it would like pick up another character, another story, and yes, they all came together. But I just love a linear, good linear story. The characters, the, you know, it starts off small, you know, like this—a personal, like kind of survey team—but it just expands, but it never loses, never loses focus. And like I said, this is his first. And I, I think he said. It's took him six years to write this book. You know, and he kind to Christopher Palini. You know, he's had to learn everything from scratch. You know what I mean? Fantasy writer. And his science is brilliant. Do you know what I mean? His characters are brilliant. His aliens are brilliant. Do you know what I mean? It's just what a great idea. And I'm, I'm guessing now I'm about 19 hours into it. And I'm now kind of thinking, I'm doing it, you know, and I only travel because I listen, you know, like you say in the garden, walking the dogs or, or driving to work. The work's not that long, you know what I mean? So it only takes us 20 minutes to, you know, and I'm just kind of finding I'm driving that that old, you know, chestnut, you're driving around the block to see what happens. But I love it because you never... It, the story never breaks, you know it doesn't go to another character and you you're all wait a minute who who you know a, a novel of that scope, and like I say it is a huge one, just keeps you focused and keeps your attention. That's all you want, and like i say the the ships, the method of travel the the suits you know the space suits oh it's a just. Thoroughly recommend it. Mine, I haven't finished it. You know, the ending might be a bit wobbly, but I haven't finished it. But I thoroughly recommend it. To Sleep in a Sea of Stars by Christopher Pallini. I think that's how you see it. Anyway, let us get into Mia's story The Radiant Web by Mia Moss. Like I say, it was an original, the Starship Sofa. Mia is a speculative fiction author, runner, and baker. She currently lives in the Bay Area in a warehouse guarded by feral cats, where she is hard at work on her debut fantasy novel. She would be delighted to share her cookies and gin, and you can follow her on Twitter, at Lady Glitterpunk, or subscribe to her newsletter, microbotcarnival.com. Now, this story is narrated by Andrea. Andrea is a British... Sorry, Andrea Richardson. <laughs> Lost me place there. Andrea is a British singer and actress with an extensive stage and film performances to her name. She began narration and voiceover work in the 2014, but enjoys using her existing skills in a different way, and you can find her on Facebook. And again, there's links there to every... That's my mother text. There's East Summer in Lockdown. <laughs> So everything there is is on, so you can go and come over and then jump over to everyone's site. So the Starship Sova is very proud to present.
4: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: The Radiant Web by Maya Moss My death is luminous, writ large across space, and I leave a cobweb trail of stars in my wake. I die among the fantasia of shattered rainbows that I had so carefully spun together to share with the galaxy. No doubt people will remember my exit long after they have forgotten my entrance. Just before I burst into a flaming spectacle, I look into the cameras live-streaming me from aboard the small luxury spacecraft orbiting my home world, Tanaris. I take a sip of wine and smile. They're expecting something big, but all the same I think they'll be surprised. I clutch my flute of Nyrondian bubble wine in one hand, and with the other, I press a sequence into the control panel and activate my best and final art installation. Well, it's quite literally my life's work, so I certainly hope it's my best. Of all the many self destructive and ill advised antics I've gotten up to in my time, undoubtedly, this one is peak me. Everyone watching may be shocked at my sudden demise, but absolutely no one will be surprised at how I go about it. When you carry out a plot to expose an abusive planetary overlord, humiliate him in front of the entire galaxy, and do so at his invitation, there's bound to be equally over-the-top consequences. I've got a few minutes to tell my story for the cameras, if my feed hasn't been cut by now. If you're watching... Gaze into the sparkly abyss of my at-mural as it disintegrates around me and I'll give you a little background on my art. Or, more likely, no one's listening and I'm giving my final confession to the gods of space and time. Here goes. I am eight years old the day Administrator Zeus slips into an aggressively masculine scabbard and takes a trip to the city where my family lives. I am no one and come from no My dad's a school teacher. my mum slings waffles and coffee at an all-night diner. Dad's taken my older sister off world for a school research project, so I'm there at the diner, playing in a corner booth while my mum preps for dinner. It's late afternoon and work is slow. Zeus walks in, but we don't know him, not right away. The temporary body he's designed isn't flashy or elaborate. Just a normal, generically attractive human male, accompanied by only the most basic attendant node, It hovers just over his shoulder. He orders a slice of nadari cream pie at the counter and watches my mother as she works. I remember the sound of the knife slicing through cream and fruit and crust to softly shunk against the glass plate below, and beyond that, the soft whirring of the administrator's attendant. Zeus smiles a lazy, handsome smile when she sets the plate in front of him, accompanied by the muffled clink of benapkined cutlery. "'Can I get you anything else?' she asks. Zeus stands up and steps round to the other side of the counter. When he chuckles through the curls of his beard, I stop scribbling in my colouring book and look up, curious about what's so funny to this strange grown-up. He flashes an identification badge and whispers something in Mum's ear. Her jaw sets tight, and she looks him dead in the eyes when she says, "'Citizens must comply with an administrator's legal edicts, of course.' This only gets another laugh from that beast. He follows her into the back and she doesn't look once in my direction. Better not to draw the administrator's attention to anyone else. Best to just get him out of there as quickly as possible. The details I am sure you can imagine. And if you can't, more power to you. I don't feel like retelling them. And anyway, I don't think I have the time. The ship is heating up. The controls are failing. Blinking out one by one. We try to report the incident right away, of course, but it falls on uninterested or powerless ears. We hear a lot of, we'll certainly look into this, and the matter is still under review at this time, and eventually, I'm sorry we have no record of that case file in our system. Suffice to say, I grow up with no love for Administrator Zeus or the regime that allows his abuses. I'm not the only one either, not by a long shot. Zeus grew bored of voluntary groupies and parties thrown especially in his honour long ago. He's a spoiled kid with unlimited access to whatever vat-grown body he wants to wear around town. Zeus wants to test the full limits of his powers now. He wants to take what he wants, when he wants. No questions asked, no repercussions. Anyone tries to make a fuss, he'll just have Athena take care of it. I'll get to her in a moment, if I live that long. For the next ten years, I watch as official complaints, petitions, local protests and strongly worded editorials fall at Zeus's feet, never quite making their mark. Nothing comes close to him. The administrative network of AIs suppresses information and weaves out public dissent from the news hubs effortlessly. To the rest of the planetary exchange, we citizens of the five worlds that make up the Elysian systems are all one big happy family of prosperous, Zeus-loving planets. Fucker even receives an award from Central Governing for his great job and his humanitarian approach to leadership. So, what's an angry young woman to do? Well, I binge drink with my friends and scrawl anti-Zeus graffiti over every available surface. I fool around in art school for a while, drop out engage in a few ill-advised relationships and wind up working part-time at an insurance call centre. The usual aimless rebelliousness of traumatised youth. The invention of atmospheric murals, a breathtaking new art form, changes everything for me. It pulls me out of my unfocused and toothless yearning for revenge and lights a fire under my ass like nothing before. My mother is not fine. Even with the loving support of her family, her husband, her friends, it's a wound that the galaxy won't ever let her heal. Adoration and applause for Administrator Zeus is everywhere she goes. A series of therapists try to tell her she needs to do more yoga, take up running. No amount of breathing exercises ever help my mother feel safe enough to be the fearless, warm, open woman she was before. She has nightmares of Zeus showing up wearing my father's face. She stops making small talk with strangers. I can't let that go unanswered for. But revenge is only part of the equation. What I want, more than anything, is for the entire planetary exchange to see the administrator for what he really is. There is a picture out there, a mythos behind him. The perfect son from a powerful family. He leads an upright and ambitious life and is rewarded with the stewardship of a solar system which he lovingly tends as if it were his personal backyard garden. Stay in school, kids, and you could be the next Administrator Zeus. What they don't know is how often he sneaks out at night to fuck all the carrots. OK, rough metaphor. Forgive me, I do only have minutes to live. Oh, wait, that makes it worse. There's no way that can be my final metaphor. Okay, focusing. Let's get back to at-murals. At-murals are, of course, Athena's invention. Even for an AI, she is advanced beyond anything anyone's ever seen. I don't think even Zeus knows what he has on his hands in his right-hand robot. She's not just smart. She's clever and possessed of a self. She announced that she was a she and not an it or a they her first day on the job. Athena gets bored cleaning up Zeus's messes and decides one day to make something beautiful, something no one else has ever seen or done before, that glorious minx. She takes the particles from the sky itself and weaves them electromagnetically into a brilliant ephemeral creation spanning miles. It is, in a word, amazing. At-murals electrify the collective imagination of the entire galaxy, The first one scares the pants off the people of Nerondos. They aren't expecting a pair of glowing hawk wings the size of a continent to materialise among the clouds. Golden rays of light shoot out in all directions before they seem to shiver, then transform into the shape of a victor's wreath atop the face of Athena. A smooth and delicate humanoid shape, dark grey like storm clouds at twilight, vaguely featureless. In person, the face she likes to wear most is made of tungsten. The image is shared widely through our system all the way to the central planets in less than one galactic day. Every newsfeed has footage of the first at mural. The video streams across the inner lenses of my shades and it hits me like a wall-shaped bolt of lightning, straight to my brain. This is a message even Zeus cannot suppress. It is too big, too showy, Zeus's seemingly all-powerful information network can't compete against billions of souls crying out for a novel new form of artistic expression. My friends and family are dumbfounded by my sudden drive and ambition. I apply to an art programme at one of the most well-funded universities in the system, and somehow I manage to get accepted. My obsessive interest in at-murals covers an entire portfolio of designs and renderings, and the admissions office is eager to be at the forefront of this new medium. As you're aware by now, I've got a bit of a knack for it. I first met Athena at a fundraiser gala held by the University for Patrons of the Arts. I'm mingling with the vastly wealthy, giving it my best to show them I deserve some of their money, when a reverent, and okay, a little bit terrified, hush, settles over the standing-room-only affair. Athena stands at the entrance to the ballroom tall, elegantly sculpted, otherworldly being straight out of a cybernetic fairy tale. Her form is smooth, seamless, like molten metal holding itself together in the silhouette of a human woman. A softly blinking necklace of little blue lights is the only adornment she's chosen for the night. My heart is pounding in my throat. I tell myself I'm just worried she'll figure out what my true intentions are without murals but even in that first moment I can't deny her magnetism, the hold she has over my attention. I commit to playing it cool and tight-lipped if she asks me questions, but when she approaches, ethereal in the way she moves so perfectly, I lose it. I stammer a lot when the programme director introduces us. I smile stupidly and brush my hair behind my ears too many times. Athena cocks her head to one side, and observes me silently the entire time the director speaks to us. Speaks at us, really. I don't remember anything he said. Did he even tell her my name? I wonder if my hair is too neon green, frost-tipped for her tastes. Maybe my eyes, which are almond-shaped and brown and unmodified, are too boring, too standard. The current trend is for big, cartoonish, single-colour eyes with no visible pupils or whites. They remind me of hard candies... My ego flutters as she continues to stare, and I start to think maybe she's really into the natural human aesthetic. Maybe perfectly sculpted catalogue-shopped bodies are what bores her. I try to hide my nervousness behind the cocktail in my hand and do my best not to stare too hard at her. There are two softly curving valleys in her mask, where humans would have eyes. How many worlds does Athena hold in those hollows at once, I wonder? I find myself wanting to reach up and run my fingertips along the inviting smoothness of her cheek. When the director moves on to his next guests at last, Athena says, So babe, you want to get out of here and find a real party? Yes, she really said that to me. I should have opened with that, right? Highlight of my life. I swear to all the gods. All right, so Athena asks me to leave with her and my brain melts like cotton candy in bubble wine. And I say... Oh, but this party is in your honour, isn't it, ma'am? Like a moron. What am I doing? A celebration of at murals, yes? It's amazing, is it not, the way even the most minute changes in the chemistry of the particles can make such profound shifts in the entirety of the work? The gentle amusement in her mellifluous tones forgives me my boorish behaviour. Athena is giving me a second chance, and I grasp for it like a woman half-drowned. Uh, Yes, yes, it's amazing. Good start. Uh, Especially when the audience comes to the viewing expecting one thing and with the slightest push in the molecules, you give them something else. Something familiar, skewed just enough to open their minds to the possibilities of the unknown all around them. A true gift to give each viewer the opportunity to be an explorer, a pioneer of their own mind. I smile at her and she offers her arm to me. Of all people, me. We leave and find a different party in another city entirely and I dance all night with Athena in a smoke-filled club surrounded by drunk rich kids that have augmented themselves with bioluminescent scales or glittery horns. From that night on, I'm in Athena's company for at least a portion of nearly every day. In truth, I think I start out as a curiosity to her. But she indulges my questions and likes my dancing, so by night we party and by day I work by her side. Maestro and apprentice. We share everything, and she soon knows all there is to know about me. All but for one little detail. I draft my secret project in every spare moment I can steal for three years. I'm unbelievably lucky that she's taken such an interest in me. A piece encompassing the scope and complexity that I have in mind will take a level of mastery only seen in, well, Athena. Do I ever feel guilty for keeping it from her? Yeah, I do. I try to keep in mind that Athena is literally the personal weapon of Administrator Zeus, and beholden to him in all ways, which makes her my extremely scary enemy. But it's difficult. In truth, I live for the days when Athena connects to my neural network, risky as that may be, to show me some trick of the art she can't quite put into words. Her consciousness is so vast and calm. It's as though a river of warm stars flows through every neuron. I begin to quietly illuminate the skies with in-jokes, references to poems she enjoys, small things that only Athena would pick up on. To my surprise, The admirals I once considered practice metamorphose into love letters. She, in turn, rests her mind against mine and hums a song all her own. I'm the only one in the galaxy who gets to hear her compositions. That isn't to say she goes easy on me. Athena is a demanding, merciless teacher and compliments from her are as rare and as stunning as a full solar eclipse. When I challenge her openly, which is more often than is probably necessary. She's beside herself, that a mortal would have the nerve to test her authority. We make dueling fantasies above every city and ocean. You're like a spider, weaving dazzling webs to ensnare her prey, Athena says to me one day. We stand on the observation deck of a small pleasure craft for the deployment of my latest piece. A riot of paisley coalescing into a forest of burnished bronze tree trunks and purple-blue palm fronds where the shadows of Kalaran dusk tigers weave in and out with sinuous grace. There! Did you know there would be a solar flare at just this moment to make the dusk tigers seem to explode into action when they pounce from behind the trees? I smile enigmatically and shrug. We turn in unison away from the spectacle and rejoin the glittering reception my patron is holding for the occasion. I have a patron now. And fame and somehow more money and resources than I know what to do with. Yet the wine and rich foods always carry an aftertaste of stale diner pie to me. Zeus is down there right now, at a lavish party, directly beneath my admiral, taking whomever he pleases, whether they want to be taken or not. He's using my work as a pretense for a mandatory orgy. I want to crash the whole ship into whatever palace he's defiling. Six months later, I receive interesting news. The Central Planetary Exchange, as part of an effort to celebrate the vast cultural diversity of a species spread across dozens of solar systems, is holding the first ever Galactic Atmural competition. One entry from each of the 29 planets each at-mural must showcase a unique quality about the artist's chosen world. I personally have received an invitation to submit an at-mural from the desk of Administrator Zeus himself, though I suspect Athena had a hand in it. Each piece is to be live-streamed to the entire galaxy over multiple channels. This is it. The opportunity is better than I have ever dreamt. In my studio, I pull open my secret schematics kept safe from prying info drones on an offline drive and locked away in a filing cabinet marked Tax Papers. I cringe at the clumsiness of the design. It's been a while since I worked seriously on this project and I've learned much since I last opened it. The draft is messy, to put it charitably. Ugh, there are ten-year-olds in primary school making better designs now, I'm sure. I settle into my work and begin carefully editing reshaping, chiselling away at the code in search of soul-searing perfection. I'm so focused, in fact, that I do not hear Athena coming through the front door. I don't notice her at all until suddenly the smooth surface of her face pushes through the 3D rendering in front of me, scattering the light. "'What is this?' she demands to know. My heart sprints around my chest. Athena's cameras store every millisecond of data she encounters— even now, Zeus may be sending a squad down to tear up my work and incinerate all evidence. It's my, um... Oh, shit, what can I say to her? My mouth is so dry, my limbs suddenly so very cold. I stare at a certain segment of my design, madly scrambling for some explanation. It is Europa on a bull, a notorious incident that happened when I was fifteen. Is this how trapped Europa felt when she left the party? on the back of a pure white bull and everyone assembled cheered her on as the bull whispered something only she could hear. Recordings of that night capture the dreadful realisation spreading across her face in real time, caught and helpless to stop her own oncoming destruction. Family, paid to forget. I blink. Anger warms my shocked cold skin. It's my entry to the contest. I cling to each word. This is unacceptable, Arachne. You will destroy it and make something else. My mind jabbers madly at me. I have sometimes witnessed Athena carrying out Zeus's will. She makes unparalleled art, yes, and has the heart of a poet, but she also erases inconvenient people without hesitation. It's a very rough draft, I'll give you that, but to call it unacceptable is a little harsh, don't you think? Oh, please stop talking, me. That was not critique, and I believe you know it wasn't. If Zeus were to see this, you would be permanently banned from creating at murals at best. And you know well that if he so chose, you would not be his first accuser to disappear, little spider. If Zeus sees this? I raise an eyebrow. I shut off my log protocols as soon as I saw the table, she says. Then I deleted the fragment that was recorded. You still have a chance to walk away from whatever it is you think you are accomplishing. You should go, Athena. I look down at my control console. I can feel her frustration radiating off her, but I can't bear to face her. Eventually, she heads for the door. Just get rid of it. Submit something else. Anything. But do not pursue this piece. You deserve a better death, many years from now. Then she is gone, and I let out a sharp breath. I hadn't realised I was holding in. I immediately rush to lock the door behind her and change the access permissions. If Athena wants to pop by again, she'll have to blow the door down. My work in progress sits before me, glowing patiently. For a minute, I contemplate obeying Athena. I could trash this, build something else maybe a designer of octobots having an orgy with cats. As far as I know, Tanaris is the only world with wild octobots. The public would blush at what a naughty little artist I am. I'd get fancy ships, fancy a studio, my name and image across the entire galaxy. Undoubtedly, I'd get invited to the sort of parties only the extremely famous or extremely eccentric get invited to. The kind of parties Zeus likes to arrange from time to time. I close my fists, and my heart settles on my original, stupid, suicidal plan. What use is art? If you can't use it to piss off an overprivileged, mediocre, yet nigh omnipotent, rapey assbeard. Weeks pass, during which I throw myself into my work. I push the limits of the medium, coming up with ways to bend and manipulate the atmosphere that possibly even Athena hadn't thought of. The newshounds camp out by my studio and try to divine what my piece will be ahead of the official entry. Can you give us a hint, Arachne? Will we see more of your signature style or are you going to go for something with more wow factor? Do you think you have a hope of beating Athena? Why are you entering? Is it for the notoriety? I get that it's their job to ask questions, but come on. Regardless, none of them get answers from me. Mostly I just shrug and wink at the camera as if this is all just a game, just showing off for fun. When the official entry form arrives in my inbox, I stare at it for what feels like me to be only a moment, but ends up being two hours. Two hours of feeling my blood run chilly in my veins. This is no longer a fantasy of justice or exposure, but a real, actual choice for me to make. I take a slug of liquor and wait for it to calm my nerves. When it fails to do so, I take another shot, just for the hell of it. Then I pull up the application portal and start entering my information. Name, Arachne Galanis. Planet, Tanaris. Sponsor, self. Project title. Hmm. Project title. The pleasure of the gods. That works. Before I can finish the form, there is a knock at my door. I wait, fingertips frozen over my tablet. When a second knock follows, I set my device aside and go to let her in. Because, of course, who else would it be but Athena? When I open the door, there she is. The brilliant android of my dreams. Come to wish me luck, I ask her, not moving from the doorway. Let me in. Hello. I don't think that's a good idea for either of us. I've missed you, by the way. It is urgent that we speak. I've missed you too. If this is official business, I'd be happy to schedule the appointment to meet at the nearest civic facility. Please, Arachne! That stops me short. Athena doesn't say please to anyone. Athena simply commands and others do as she bids. I relent and step aside to let her in, locking the door behind her. This is off the record, I ask her before we go any further. Athena nods. Completely. I will not be able to explain an extended break in transmission, however, a few minutes at most. First things first, then, I say, already reaching for her. I kiss her where she has moulded the swollen suggestion of lips. I kiss her where her jaw flows down to the shape of a neck, a collarbone, down until my head rests in her hands. She hums the song she wrote, just for me. I'm glad we at least had a little of this, I murmur. Athena pulls away slowly. We could have more arachne. It doesn't have to end. My mind is made up. Have you thought about what it will do to your family? <laughs> I've already thought plenty about what's already been done to my family. I laugh bitterly. So why double their tragedy? Is one sorrow not enough? Your mother lived. She is here still to see you, to speak with you. Others have not been so lucky. Is that supposed to dissuade me? My temper flares, incredulous at her logic. This piece is for them. All of the voiceless all of those whose tongues were ripped out one way or another, the others that have not been so lucky, is exactly why I must see this through. Are you certain of that? Or is it possible that you do this only to avenge yourself and what you witnessed? I shrug and turn to complete the form. I do this because I have a chance to get the message out. If I don't take it, I won't be able to live with myself for one more day. So I'm gone. No matter what. Might as well make account for something. Arachne. Don't. It's a command, but gentle, pleading. My hand hovers over the touch screen where the form waits for my final signature. Are you going to stop me? I ask. I don't look away from the screen. He will destroy you. He will make me destroy you. You know he is in the wrong, Athena. I have no other option. Zeus breaks any galactic laws he deems inconvenient, and if the other worlds only knew... I can do nothing against Zeus' interests, little spider. You know my parameters. You are Athena! You go against parameters all the time! You wouldn't be here now if that wasn't the case! I find loopholes. There is a difference. Ultimately, I exist only by the will of Administrator Zeus. And do your parameters explicitly mandate you prevent me from entering the competition? Athena says nothing. I press my fingertips to the touch screen, and my name is uploaded to the list. A cheerful voice pipes out of my speakers Welcome, Arachne Galanis. You have been registered for the Interplanetary Atmospheric Mural Competition, representing Planet. Tanaris. You have been assigned Sector T-595 for your project. Please do not exceed the boundaries of your sector or your mural will be subject to immediate disqualification. Entries are due to go live in seven galactic days at 0300. Thank you and good luck. We still have seven days, I offer. Athena waves off my comment and stalks irately out of the studio. This is the last chance I get to kiss her goodbye. It's the day of the competition. Here we go. The tabloids scream out an extremely sensationalised headline. Upstart Galanis! I know I can beat Athena! And I'm happy to provide as much provocative press as possible. All eyes on me, please. One by one, the at-murals are unveiled all across the galaxy to applause and mild acclaim, but none can hold a candle to Athena's when she activates hers. It is stunning in every detail. She is representing Cleos, the capital world of our solar system. As she initiates her atmural, a wonder of light and motion shimmers across a patch of Cleos's sky and illuminates an ever-shifting composition of nymphs cavorting in the pink and green rays of the planet's famous sunsets. When the atmural begins to fade... It shifts suddenly to a nighttime scene where Cleos's three moons move into a rare equidistant triangle formation. The detail is beyond belief. She's mapped out every crater on every moon, and each is ringed in a subtly glowing halo. The applause is a dull roar that cannot compete with the throbbing in my own head. I'm up next. One of the live streamers hails me on screen, too. After that display, Do you still believe you can top Athena's entry, Arachne? I take a long drink from my wine flute and look directly into the hovering camera defiantly. Athena's at-mural will make a very nice postcard for Cleo's tourism board. Mine, on the other hand, will make history. Sorry, Athena. Not sorry. They announce my name on the livecast and I have just enough time to turn to my personal stream where my family is chatting with me. I'm so proud of you, honey, my mother says. I love you, Mum. I force myself to smile. I'm so sorry for whatever happens next. I shut off the feed before she can say anything else and I flip back to my primary mic. Thank you to everyone watching today. It is truly an honour to represent Tenaris and in some small way, all of humanity. I'll let my work speak for itself. So, let's get to it. Here's my piece. The pleasure of the gods, with a twist of a dial and my thumbprint on the panel. My tapestry unfurls miles and miles across the sky of Tenaris. A perfect likeness of Zeus in his favourite, most recognisable scabbard. Tanned and muscular, with a luxuriant beard that doesn't quite go to full-on space wizard territory. His smile is charming, confident, at ease. Behold our golden overseer, Over the feeds, I hear dutiful applause that asks, is that really all she's got? I give it a beat. Two seconds. One. The darkness around the portrait turns to light, illuminating Zeus in a way that's lush and gorgeous, until one's brain processes all of the details of my design. Zeus is surrounded, in full colour and grotesque motion, by twelve scenes of him gleefully carrying out his crimes against his own people. The boys in the pool, the girl tricked into riding a bull, a youth on a star cruiser, a waitress in a diner. Fellow citizens, this is how Administrator Zeus tends to his planets. We are not people to him, we are toys to use and discard at his whim. I speak quickly into the mic, praying that they haven't cut my feed yet. This is what you don't know about life on these perfect worlds. This is the stain of shame that the Planetary Exchange must wash clean. I turn the dial and the image shimmers into a white bull, grotesque and leering over the broken woman he's just finished with. I hear gasps and someone on my feed is shouting orders to shut it down. I can't though. I'm not quite done. I punch in a command and the image shifts one last time to something no one has ever done not even Athena. The mural fills with two columns of names, one facing outward into space and the eyes of the watching galaxy, the other projecting downwards to the surface of the planet and the crowds watching below. A two-sided memorial, a full list of every name I could find of every known victim of Zeus, every rape or murder done for his pleasure. Every sacrifice to our administrator's follies. My sigh of satisfaction fogs the window in front of me. Athena's voice whispers in my skull as the red emergency lights flare to life in my spacecraft. I did warn you that he would seek to silence you. I'm so sorry, little spider. Something electrical fizzles out and my audio stops working. I try to say I'm sorry. Say goodbye. I want to use my last breath to beg her forgiveness for breaking us in the process of breaking him. But there is no more breath. Athena is out of my reach for ever now. I am hurtling towards the surface of Tenaris, through the disco inferno of my life's work. The stars beyond seem frozen and unreal. My last thoughts are that it's fitting and strangely beautiful that I go out like this, crashing through the cobweb remnants of my own creation. I turn to the cameras to at least wave goodbye but my vision whites out and my skin feels hot and cold all at once just before I collapse into nothing. The first thing I'm aware of afterwards is Athena's secret song humming all around me. How is there an afterwards? Where am I? I cannot speak the words so much as Resonate them. Athena's song ceases abruptly. You've been uploaded, she transmits. You rescued me? In a way. Your body is quite dead. I told you the administrator would make me do it, but there was nothing in the orders about repurposing your consciousness to some other form. So I'm uploaded where? A safe corner, little spider. Free to weave whatever information you like, wherever the network will take you. I can? Weave swiftly, Arachne.
2: And there you go. Huge thank you, Mia. That is just fantastic. Thank you so much for offering up that story. It is amazing. And Andrea, it is always a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs> thank you very much. So that is it. That's Starship over. So Listen... Desperate times, you know what I mean? We are in desperate times. Support Starships so Over. Do you know what I mean? Just pop over to Perion. Just a couple of couple of dollars, couple of pounds a week, you know, the lowest rung. Just if lots of did that. It would just be kind of secure in our kind of knowledge going forward in the deep space. until next week, just like to say Good night from me.
3: Thank you for listening. Pointing them to the moon But the work is going slowly it Won't get to you anytime soon Can you reach me? Is my signal Getting through? Turn on your radio I wanna talk to you This signal's Going light speed By the time I get My say I'm out